Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. And I want to welcome all you ladies and gentlemen to the greatest show on earth. Yes, it's the Hard Luck Show. Coming at you live today out of Southern California from the Estevan Oriol compound today. That's it. Otherwise known as... The camera jungle. The camera jungle. And uh, sitting across from me, my co-host, partner, is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian. Here with Estevan and Big Lux and Old Blue Eyes again. And as he just said, Old Blue Eyes with us today. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional, engineer for the hard. Luck. Show. Yeah, nice. Before we introduce our main, main, main guest here, Chuman, who's that behind you right there? Well, as I sit on Who this, got here. Who we got here? We got we got somebody that scared the shit out of Sean. <laughs> he just showed up, and Sean was like, "What the yeah. hell?" Hold on a second. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. All right, go ahead. All right, it's the man, the myth, <laughs> the legend, yeah. Gabriel Retzeria. Yeah, in the house, Gabriel. baby G, Woo. baby G in the house, baby G. Yeah. Are you are you are you Estevan's grandson? Yup. That's right. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Look at that handsome kid right there, and he knows how to talk on the mic. Right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is not scared of anything. Oh, no, brother, not scared of anything. So what 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 is your plan? What do you got going on for today? Hmm, probably gonna sit with you guys in this broadcast and chill, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, you got a platform right now, my good man, and I want you to take your message to the people. Now, I want you to say what you think you got to get off your chest and what the people need to hear in these troubling times. Why don't you tell us what it is? I think... You guys should always believe in yourself. Yeah. Oh, like this guy. Yeah, all right. Gabriel, very I think we good. just found oh. our fourth host, man. Yeah, I think right? so, too. Right, totally. Yeah. How old are you, Gabriel? Ten. He's on his way. You know what? He's that... going to be the next YouTube star. I, this guy uh, needs to come TikTok. sit down with us. TikTok. Show TikTok or YouTube, Gabe? What's your oh. preferred? Both. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like, why do I gotta choose? I'm gonna do both. That's you know what that that's the mind of a young man. That's the mind of a young man who was raised in a sauna. Yeah, that's right. That's right. For sure. I, you know what? The sky's I, the you, limit. You you have so much, man. When you talk, when I look at you, look, you have you carry your mom so much, man. You got lucky, huh? Good looking kid over there. It's like shout out, shout out to Olivia, big Olivia doing yeah, things, big, doing big things. And if you don't, if you haven't already recognized that voice, we are here today to do a big follow-up show with Stevan Oreo. Let's welcome Stevan to the show. Welcome to the show, Stevan. Yes, sir, Bob, the man, the myth. Thank you for letting us in your home today, of sir. Course. 
And uh, the compound, the compound, and man, what, dude, we're sitting in like a. Is that what it's called? Is that what you call it, the compound? No, I just call it the house, Rancho Oriol, Bachante, Rancho Oriol, the, the crib. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a very big, very plush crib. Is it not? It's beautiful. The property is the house is, uh, like, is a two bedroom, one bed, one bath, built in 1956. And the guy who lived here before me added on an, another bedroom and another bath, so it's like three bedrooms, two baths now. But um, I think the total square foot is like eighteen hundred square feet. He's got a ton of he's got a ton of land here. But the property is what I love. Yeah, yeah. It's got a pool, a sauna, like eight outdoor showers. He's got a gym. Yep. He's got a fucking toaya with like a hottie on private it. garages. Three private garages. A fucking. And we're in his workspace. Um, uh, in his workspace, kind of like office loft area in the back. Right. Which is, is just like you know. Many people are never going to make it in here, but when you sit in here, it's like being in what? Like a museum. It's like, like a museum of Los Angeles. It's part like half museum, and the other half is like Doc Brown's workshop in Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. remember Christopher Lloyd's workshop? Yeah. It's like, it's like that. It's like everything you can imagine. You've got shelves with books and fucking... What are those books anyway? Those are just a couple of photography books that I've uh, collected, but... That's just like the ones that didn't make it in the in the other garage where the other books are. Right. And then there's like eight different monitors up at the top of the... What are we doing with the monitors there? Those are uh, computers that didn't uh, get wiped yet that are old that were in the house. And those are TVs that I use for a uh, art display. A, uh, what do they call those? Like a, like a build-out. Installation. Art installation. Yeah, what is so I had like 20 TVs, and then they was looping all my footage all simultaneously. So if you were looking, it was like just a wall of TVs of all my footage right. playing during my while I had my photos on the walls. And you said that you were talking earlier that you have a, you have a vision of eventually opening up a museum. Can you describe what that would be? That would be like a L.A. Chicano street art museum. I think uh, like Cheech Marin, he has a good collection of Chicano art, probably mostly from L.A., but it's a different kind of Chicano art. There's not really too much uh, street-driven. Like It's more like political or, uh, you know... Uh, Heritage art. Yeah, like heritage and friendly art. Whereas, you know, I have a lot of uh, stuff that I've collect collected from uh, prison art. Like I have uh, about 50 of those handkerchiefs, about 10 of the cups that were picked, picked with a tattoo machine. They're Tupperware cups, maybe about 50 envelopes. And then uh, hundreds of thousands of photographs of LA culture as well as um you know different old school stuff that's no longer around like you know lowrider magazines uh teen angel magazines and just different types of things that you know we had growing up here in LA that are no longer in existence that are yeah what is like your prized like I mean you know like one of the top what's one of your prized relics um 
I would say pretty much uh, what I mentioned, those those handkerchiefs, like not everybody could get those, you know. What you are know, those handkerchiefs? Because a lot of people don't know. They're called paños and they're handkerchiefs that were sent to me from prison from uh, a few of my friends that were in prison, one of them being Big Luck right here. No mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. Big so, Luck, you sent uh, Esteban a, a, a paño? Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, just different art on on that was drawn with paper on a with a big pen and pencils, mm -hmm. and um, you know, for those of you that don't know, when they draw with a pen, it's just like the very inside of the pen. So it's like the the tube that has the ink, and then just the ballpoint at the end. Right. Or they give you a pencil that's maybe an inch and a half, two inches long, and uh, there's no eraser on it. So you're given the the very limited uh, resources to make art with, and these guys put out some of the most incredible art yep. that I've ever seen in the world. So it's pretty cool to have uh, had the opportunity to be able to collect some of that stuff from the real people because even nowadays, like, you know, kind of became a thing, like a cool guy thing. So people were buying it, and they were paying outrageous amounts of money to have these, uh, like, memorabilia from prison. Because mm -hmm. they were, like, authentic. No one could really get them. Yeah, so, like, somebody would buy them, and then they'd sell them on the Internet for, you know, like real art prices. Right. But, you know... Most people I know that were getting them, they were getting them for, what, like soups and cigarettes and different shit like that. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, Turning in, in around trade. and making thousands of dollars off them. And of course, I would imagine that they would be so grateful that they could sell that art and make that kind of money. They'd take half of it and set it aside so right. when the guy got out, they would be able to give him his portion of the sale. Some of them ain't getting out, they give it to their family. Yeah. Did you see, did you see Esteban's beautiful cars? Uh yeah, I saw all three. Unbelievable. Incredible gems, right? Just the and the condition of this guy, the work and the condition of these cars are like fine works of art. It's a show cars. What what are the three cars that he has? Well, Me or got, him? Yeah, him. Him. I, I only got one car. Okay. It's he got what is it? Yeah, what do you got? Toyota. It's a Toyota. Corolla. Corolla. Then I got a blue 64 Impala that I bought in uh, 1989. You hear Started that? building Nin it out in 1991 with a good homie of me and uh, Big Lucky's here. His name was Donnie Charles, DC. rest in peace. And um, he ended up taking that car apart piece by piece on the on the sidewalk at my old apartment at uh, 800 North Las Palmas in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And then um, that next week, I drove around all the parts, the different shops to get done. And around 94, it finally got completed, and I joined my first car club in East L.A. And then in 2008, I got a 1947 Fleetline with 13,000 original miles on it. It's crazy. That's a, that's a beautiful car. It's a bomb. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then about five maybe, no hell no like shit, seven or eight years ago i got a 1961 bubble top impala from a friend of mine berto chacon out there in culver city yeah from the chacons the chacons yep 
And uh, that's it. I'm stuck with those three for now. How often yeah. do you take them out? As much as I can. Which is? Uh, depends, like, on the events and the weather. You know, pretty much uh, if there's, like, an event every weekend and I don't have a shoot to do, I'll take them, you know, I'll take them out every weekend. But the 61, I'm, I'm getting ready to make it, like, my everyday street car. It's sick. And then uh, I got two bikes. One was the one that I got a guy, uh, he was parked at the curb and I saw him, uh, you know, going back and forth. Like he was trying to get out of the spot. So I moved over a lane away from the, the first lane and, uh, he decided to make a U-turn right into me. So that bike is being, uh, you know, re put back together. But while I was waiting for that bike and, you know, getting my confidence back up, I went and got a different one. So I got a Road Glide and a and a Road King. Yeah. And I just got my Road Glide back. It got some new bars on it and a new pipe. So I feel like I got a brand new bike, pretty much. Looks like a brand new bike. Sounds like a brand new bike. Mm. Well, so let me ask you this. Uh, we were talking earlier on the sauna show about uh, you were going down and uh, you were able to get some footage, uh, snap some photos of the riots that were going on here in L.A. <clears throat> in response to George Floyd's uh, just unseemly uh, murder at the, co- at the hands of the cops, the, at the knee of the cops. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were showing us you were showing us the rubber bullets that you got shot with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you can I see one of those yeah, things? Yeah, of course. Like, so if, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, you got it. I I don't know what you imagined when you heard rubber bullets, but I'd never actually seen one. I kind of always so this imagined is, this is the actual rubber part that hits you. Yeah. And then I don't know what kind of like gunpowder or whatever goes Yeah, they got some kind of two. charge, yeah. But then this is what this is the back end, so that's what the whole thing looks like. Right, it looks and like a giant gorilla thumb. You can see, you know, where. It... Yeah, the blasting cap. So, I sh- had you seen rubber bullets before? Yes, I had. When did you see rubber bullets? Eh? Man, I saw rubber bullets in nineteen. Actually, in the other riots, they had rubber bullets. Nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. I mean, so these things. I mean, dude, this—it's got a giant blue ball r- rubber tip, and and then it's. It's solidified with black column, and then it's, I mean, it's like sheet metal. I uh, only seen the shit, that shit laying on the floor, though. It had an orange tip, not a blue yeah. tip. I never actually picked one. Photo. But the other thing he's going to show you, yeah. I fucking got hit by before in the county, and that's that grenade right there. This that's what they're, filled what with the rubber balls. They were throwing these at us. They light them here, and then they throw them at you, and they explode. And then these things just go brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
because the parent company that bought Supreme is the manufacturers of tear gas and fucking rubber bullets. That's crazy. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, you guys. Go buy some stuff from Supreme. The parent company, the conglomerate that owns Supreme, yeah. is also the same company that makes and manufactures tear gas and rubber bullets. The thing looks like Sheriff a giant... The thing looks like a... It looks like a giant smoke bomb, kind of. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and it looks like a place where there's a fuse in it, and then it explodes. Uh, and the uh, now that that's the thing you got. Who are you talking to? Steve? In L.A. County, um, uh, this boy Chaos from Rolling Nineties. Yeah, a crip. It, they shot that thing in. They they didn't oh, shoot it. They are, threw it in. Those are made by the same company. They threw it in, and that thing rolled up his pant leg and exploded inside of his pant leg, bro. That right there. Exploded in his pants. In his nutsack. This blew up in his, his nutsack. Because they all they do is pull the pin and throw it in. It's the same as a. You, you ever seen when they braid like a building and they throw them concussion grenades? Yeah. The cops throw those yeah. in. Just a That's what Schmidt said they threw against him after he did the drive-by shooting. That's one of those. But this one is releases all the ball bearings. The other one just releases a charge. Right. You know? Man. Look at yeah, defense technologies. And then look on the metal one you have. And then the metal one says defense technologies too, and and it's a forty millimeter. That's a forty yeah. millimeter shell right there. And this blasting cap, and you can see it, man. Uh, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's taxpayers going to pay that. Yeah. Can you believe that shit? Here, you want to see this, Gabriel? And they buy it off of Supreme's company. Right? Yep. There you go. Well, thank you, Supreme. For injuring you, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Got my daughter, yeah. my two homies, and me. That was dope. Yeah, it's dope. Good looking That's out. Great. Great. Do a, they should put their name on this shit. I They're, know. It'd make it dope, huh? Right. Like, yeah, the branding. Sell a bunch. Supreme yeah. Defense Technologies, yeah. uh, you know, collabo. Yeah. Right. This is the shit we're going to shoot you with, with when you come to right. <laughs> uh-huh. If you ain't wearing something that has Supreme on it, we're gonna shoot you, right? Yeah, talk about a. That's <laughs> and if it's legit, knockoff Supreme, we're gonna shoot you twice. That's that's legit uh, branding. Literally, your skin's gonna be branded with a bruise after we shoot you with this fucking yeah. rubber bullet. Let me let me ask you. You know, and you know, I think let's just get to the point on a few different things. Let's here. do it. You're talking the... to Gabriel, right? <laughs> <laughs> With you know, it's been it's been now um, uh, it's been now six eight weeks, or so since uh, L.A. Originals uh, yeah. came out. Yeah, and listen, people, if I'm saying L.A. Originals and you're not sure what L.A. Originals is, uh, go on Netflix and go search L.A. Originals. Right. You can watch that great film that's directed by Esteban Oria. Right. If you don't and, know what that is, then you probably ain't original. Not that original. Right. But um with the success and you know i heard i i heard in terms that this thing was trending at number five right. globally right that's 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 pretty fucking big isn't it it's huge not and not only is netflix maybe like the largest and the most marquee uh company to be putting out streaming material like mm -hmm. that but to be number five on that right it's kind of crazy right. right that's being a big fish in a big, big pond. pond right yeah and I mean, with that much, with that much going on, Estevan, I've certainly watched from the sidelines and, and try to get involved where I can. But 
I've watched a lot happen over the last couple months with you, man. Like, what's tell us what's going on with a director after a film like that has so much success? I mean, I mean, obviously, there's a the momentum factor of you know planting your flag with this film, but and I don't know that everybody really understands the amount of years and the work and, and this coming to fruition. I know that they don't. They don't they understand. Don't. They're they not going to understand. They can't, from a you podcast. look at this garage and you look at his other office and you look at the other office and you see all the material he's collected. It's years of like Let me work. Ask, work. Uh, Esteban, yes, sir. in the first three years that you were doing this, was it a for sure thing that you were going to be on Netflix in 2016 or 18? What are we at? 2020? Yeah, no, we. I think we got it around 2017, and uh, you know what I've learned in Hollywood is nothing is sure until you're on the set or you get a check. You can even have the contract signed, but until you get any kind of payment or you show up to the work somewhere, nothing's for sure. And even at that point, uh, it's you're still not promised nothing. So. You might do a job like this, get paid a little bit of money, and it might never come out. Because we came up with, I think, three edits before the one that everybody saw. And they were like, oh, okay, you know, we don't get it, or this isn't going to work, or something like that. So we had to go back. You don't have to name, but like... Is there like a committee? Is it a bunch yeah. of dudes around a table? Well, I never got to see them, but it is a, a group of people at Netflix. And I don't know their uh, exact training in the, in the film world or the film industry or if they made movies themselves or anything like that. But I just know <laughs> that when if they say yes or no, that's what it is. So, I mean, you got to come with something that you know, maybe eight to ten different people all like. And that's hard. Like, imagine, like, getting ten people that are different kinds of people to like something. Dude, I can barely get my wife to like something, (laughs) let alone ten people. Right. So I think, you know, if if you could do that, then you're you're in a good place. And so that... That's what the next step was, was, okay, You now you pass, and now, you know, you're ready to go. And so they launched it, but it's they call it like a soft launch. They don't tell nobody. They don't post it or anything like that. It's just like, okay, hey, you guys' movies are going to be up on this day, and, and it is what it is. It's just basically like if you were to put something on YouTube yourself and you were up to promote it yourself. What would be the advantage of a soft launch? Like, how does that help you? Is it like, oh, oh, so they just didn't want to put any money behind promoting it? Yeah, they don't do any of that until it proves itself. On its own? Yeah, and we didn't get to that point, so uh, it it didn't get to that point. So we just, uh, basically, most of the, most of what happened was, with it was what, it was all of our people. And then everybody that they were tripping out on, you know, like everybody that that our people, you know, just like um, it was kind of like a snowball effect with right. with us to our people to their people. And then it started trending and it got up to number five and what well, got up to number 10, number eight, number seven, six. And then uh, 
It went like 10, 8, 6, back down to 7, up to 5. And when it was doing all that, we were like, man, this is crazy. Like, fuck, we, we, we're, we're headed to number one, you know? Mm-hmm. I was cool with number 10 because, I, you know, I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't even know if it would get anything, like any kind of play. Like, I just thought, like, all of our people would see it and anybody that's a fan of, of me and Cartoon, uh, Soul Assassins or Cypress Hill or Low Riding, like those people would see it. But because of the COVID nineteen, everybody stuck at the pad. Mm-hmm. They were pretty much burned out on everything that was already on Netflix. So right. something new comes up, and it says L A. and it says Originals, and it has Snoop Dogg and a low rider and a hot girl and a gangster on the front. And what else do you need? Yeah, it's like, damn, what the fuck is this? And right people started watching it started trending and you know like i said it went to 10 9 um you know 8 7 6 5 and we we're like fuck you know so tell the truth you guys are behind the coronavirus and uh, to try to <laughs> drive up viewers well the guys from supreme said you guys want to do a collab with us <laughs> with this uh with with these uh defense stinger defense technologies and we said you know maybe not so then another company said you guys want to get going on this collab with the COVID 19 with us and we're like well how could that benefit us and they go well if you do it then you know everybody will be in the house and they can watch your movie and you know genius you gotta, that's, that. you that's gotta, real guerrilla marketing yeah so, you know it's a guerrilla marketing and uh you know, grassroots type of thing. So that's what we went with. So now listen, man, when you're number five on Netflix and you are in this area, right? And do you go places now and people are like, hey, Esteban, hey, LA Originals, are you famous yet? And and don't play that humble shit. Tell us the truth. Do people recognize you where you're going and all yeah. that? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they do. Do they? Yeah. Every time I'm the, with them. The cool part about it is they think I'm cartoon. So I go, hey, cartoon. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking leave me alone. Get yeah. He starts touching people's like, asses this, and shit like that. Where's the step on at? <laughs> He's at home. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, no pe- people come up and they don't know who, which, which one I am, but I think cartoon's name's easier to remember, so... They're like, yeah, good cartoon. I go, yeah, yeah, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, hey, grandson, have you seen uh, people recognizing your grandfather? Yes. Like, we were, like, eating some, (laughs) you know, food, and then out of nowhere, he's like, the waiter's like, yeah, the waiter was like, what? Something like food? Yeah, the waiter was like, oh, I'm a big fan of your work. Yeah, I hear it all the time when I'm with the Stevon. Wait, They're what? scared to come up to him, right? Like, hey, hey, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But they're they're a little bit intimidated, bro. But they all want to like shake his hand and tell him what the movie meant to them. And I like rolling the whole with, thing. with Big Luck because it looks like I got security, right? <laughs> hey, Big Luck. Hey, how does Esteban respond? He's like, kind to everybody. Is he? He stops. He stops. He shakes their hand. He engages each person each person tells him something that you know th- th- he doesn't get like as far as i'm concerned the people that come up to him are like they get it they're like bro that's dope i'm glad you did this, this is important da, da, da. they tell him a little bit about his history oh i i remember when you shot this or i remember i've been following you or i've been a fan of yours and they kind of tie it into how they were affected by a step on right you know so it's 
it's uh genuine and it's 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 really you know i always just take a step back and uh watch the process i think it's great man right yeah. uh, but um uh now, and then Sean brought up Sean. You were talking about you. You were kind of impressed by something. You did some research on Esteban Oriol. Remember what you told me? I don't know if I would call it research, but I think um, it's just you got to. He was out there trolling his name. It's all right. Listen, Come on, you guys have been stalking Esteban for yeah, a year. Right. He, was, he wasn't wearing pants when he was doing the research. <laughs> no, I'm not. Sean, when I say research, yeah. you don't have to qualify every single thing. Just let, roll with it, bro. All right, so uh, no, I was just uh, Esteban's everywhere, man, and uh, I was I was watching something that led me to this uh, the Fools Gone Wild stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and you were in a video with that with with Little E, Mister Little E, Mister yeah. Little E, and then I was watching some other right. thing, and I can't remember what it was if it was a promo for something, and it was the Creeper dude, Creeper Cholo Creeper, yep. yeah, yeah. How do you know Creeper Cholo? Stefan's on all of it. Yeah, dude, he's everywhere. all after him, bro. He's just so everywhere. This is, this is the poster that can't that comes with the vinyl, and I shot it. A Foos Gone Wild. That's yeah. dope. That is dog. fucking sick. That is dope. He's got the, look at the back. Look at the back, dude. Look at the back. He's like, hey, Holmes, can you put my high nut? I go, yeah, fool. <laughs> <laughs> so I took a picture of his girl. Doing a selfie. Right, right. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Fool's Gone Wild. Fool's yep. Gone Wild. Little Mr. E. Yeah. I like Gabe the little likes combination it. with the hockey mask and the clown yeah. uh, nose right there. Yeah. 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 We got the vinyl. That vinyl's dope. No lames. No lames. Can't beat that. Uh-uh. And then, uh, so this was a. Uh, this was the first project I did with them, and then it turned into doing a a, a merch collab with them. And I did a uh, a T-shirt and a hoodie with them that we dropped during the coronavirus. The thing about the coronavirus is, right before the coronavirus, I had like maybe five huge jobs. I was gonna have the biggest year of my life, work-wise. <laughs> And I was about to uh, go to a bunch of film festivals with the movie. And I was going to basically be put on the map as like a real film director. You know, going to these film festivals, that's, that that puts you in the game in that world. And uh, our first film festival was going to be South by Southwest right. in, in Austin. And uh, about a week before... We were going to be the headliners. It was us headlining one night. The second night was going to be uh, Spike Jones with the BC Boys documentary. Mm-hmm. But that morning or that afternoon, they were going to play the the doc too. So our doc was our movie was the only one that was going to be played two times during the film festival. And uh, we went to. Uh, you know, we, we, we got the Airbnb, we got the hotel rooms, we got the flights, we got everything. And then uh, <laughs> they canceled the South by Southwest. Yeah. And um, Nef- co- Netflix was the f- last company to pull out on the South by Southwest. So then, you know, like that kind of like put a big, you know, 
popping our air balloon. We were like, you know, fuck, man. There goes, there goes that, you know. Well, yeah, what I, I, when he told me that, like even the wind was taken out of my sail. When it goes to your, when you first hear this, I mean, you must have seen like, ah, oh, shit. Like, do you have like a thing where you're like, man, the fuck? Yeah, I was thinking like, you know, I was thinking positive. You know, I'm going in the sauna, I'm going in the ice, thinking like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, it's still gonna happen, it's still gonna happen, you know. Like, even if we're the only ones at the South by Southwest, who cares? At least we'll be there in the theater, just me and Tune, mm-hmm. watching our own fucking movie. Like, <laughs> With nobody else, but then they, when Netflix pulled out after everybody else pulled out, we we're like, "Damn!" Well, there, there goes that. You know, I was kind of wow, like, yeah. I was bummed. Like, I was yeah, like, Man, all this over the flu. You know, like everybody's tripping uh, over this shit, and the shit's never happened before in history. Never, never. The, the South by Southwest has never ever been canceled. All these events, concerts, uh, like flights. People traveling places never yeah. ever happened in in the history of the world. Right, and and the shit's happening on my day. Yeah, bro, that was what you fucking I mean? got me. Like, I got my it. day, and right, my time. Yeah, the, my big break in Hollywood. Right. Yeah, bro, like, everything yes. great for me just got fucking kicked in the mouth. How do you hold your composure? How do you does. not? How do you not take that personally? I did. Why, just, why do you think that he's got those yeah, those dummies like, and the punching bags out not, back? Can you not not take that personal? Yeah, how somebody? can you not? Like you, you know, everybody's like, oh, but you know, this might be a good thing. You know, what if, <laughs> what if everybody's stuck at home and they have to watch the doc, you know the documentary? I'm like, well, that ain't happening. Uh-huh. I'm like, right, why right. would everybody watch the documentary and be stuck at home? Like, you know, what the fuck is right? You guys right. Are stupid. So I was like, man, I I just can't get a break. And right. Like, I just thought, you know, is there like you a- know like the the fox? I used to have a T-shirt yeah. that said "Why me?" and it was "Why the, me?" Right. It was a coyote from uh, Roadrunner. Right. And it had the Roadrunner like just standing there, like going meep meep. And then fucking, uh, there was like the cloud of dust. Right. And the coyote had just gotten kicked out of the little tornado of dust. And and he's just sitting there all fucked up with stars over his head. And mm-hmm. it, says, it said, why me? Right. That was like a t-shirt I had when I was in, in uh, like elementary. Oh. And I was like, I was thinking back to that point. I yes. was like, man, yes. this is like, this is like perfect. Like, this is my shit right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm like, the first time in history of ever the world, the whole fucking world gets closed down. The week, my biggest opportunity is coming. It's about to premiere, right. Then I started getting emails from <laughs> my biggest jobs that oh. I've ever got canceling. Oh, So like, fuck. hey, due to the COVID virus, 19, whatever, we're going to have to cancel this job until a later date. Oh. And, and at that point, I had already collected all the money from work that I had done. And spent it. Mm. So I was counting on those five jobs. Carrying you. Yeah, carrying me, you know, for the next couple months, which like maybe three, four, five, six months. The movie taking off, festivals, red carpet, big party in L.A. Yeah. You know, low riders there. Everybody (laughs) that was in the movie is going to come. Eminem's going to fly in on the private jet. He's going to be on the red carpet. Right. Michelle Rodriguez. You know, everybody's just going to be like, it's just going to all just 
unfold perfectly this one yes. time. Yes. Your ship has come in. Yeah, this is my time. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. 30 years of hard work. Yeah. 30 years of sacrifices, you know, my poor kids they didn't get to see me as much as, you know, most of the dads and they just said, "Hey, guess what? There's a new disease." It's going right. to shut down everybody's world. and it's everything called fuck that, Estefan yeah. Oreo disease. Yeah, yeah. everything that had, you had coming, you don't. Right. So I was blue. Well, and let me ask you like, a question. Do you have Estevan, it, Like This is major. This is more than just like normal mishaps. This is like major. Do you have, like, is it like a day that no one's allowed to say shit to you for a minute? Like, you got to process this? Do you have to, how do you cope? Like, how... I can't imagine you go about normal and just simmer quietly or no way. I was, I was like, uh, I was kind of in shambles, like with, with, with everything. I didn't know. I didn't know how to process it really, you know, cause everybody's, everybody you talk to is either going to say, man, that's messed up. Like, fuck, that's crazy that that's happened to you. Or they're going to be like, Oh, don't worry, man. You know, it's going to be great. Everything's going to be And not to mention, and, there's also, but it ain't happening specific. to you. It, it too. And right. there's also a lot of personal things going on. Yeah. There's like, you know, there, right. you're, you know, there's, there's like all that shit's going on and you're just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to cancel what anybody's saying because I, you know, now's the time like, now's the time when you need somebody is when this is now. You know, like you need to talk to people and take somebody's advice because you're you can't think clear headed. There's no way. What was the best advice you got during this time? I don't even remember. Like it was just so much. Uh, it was so much. It was just like, you know, oh, don't worry, man. You know, everything's going to turn around or don't, you know, don't worry. This, the, you know, everybody's going to be inside. So they're going to watch the doc or, you know, or, you know, well, what can you do? You know, it's just like overwhelming. It was, everything was overwhelming. And then, uh, so like, were you kind of like in a shock kind of like you, were, yeah, that's exactly, that's, that's why I didn't, I didn't respond any kind of way. Cause I was, you know, like a hundred percent shock, you know, I was like, man, what do I do now? You know, like most people would go and do something stupid. Right. And go and act out, do something that was catch them a case. Right. Or they'd go do drugs or go, you know. Mm-hmm. go get loaded somewhere at a bar and get a DUI and now they're in you know right. sitting in the county jail but I just kind of was sitting back like wow you know like this is way out and then um, <clears throat> I started thinking like okay well now what do I do you know now all my work got cancelled so I have no income coming in at all mm-hmm. and no way to get any income mm-hmm. so I had a little bit of money left. I went to the market, bought enough <laughs> food for those next months. Right. And then I started thinking of stuff that I could sell, you know, if if the shit got real bad. Uh-huh. And I went and got my money out of the bank because, you know, in case the banks froze, I right. wanted to have cash. Mm-hmm. Man. I went and bought um, a bunch of bullets. <laughs> the real ones, not rubber bullets. Yeah. I had I went to another company that didn't it wasn't supreme. I didn't want the rubber ones cuz right. Those hurt but they don't really stop you. Mm-hmm. So I went to the 
the one spot and I got a bunch of real bullets. So I had little, I had bullets, <laughs> some cash, some food, and some you know cleaning shit, some toilet paper and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean the shit was running low. I had to get this stuff. What is this? It's, uh, it's got Asian writing on it. Yeah, it's from Wuhan. It's uh, a <laughs> they mini toilet paper rolls or what? Yes, yeah, toilet paper from it's Wuhan, Wuhan China. Okay, COVID nineteen toilet paper. Yeah, COVID nineteen. It doesn't have the cardboard in the middle. So you don't you need just, that. That's a waste. You just break it off and wrap it around your finger and That's go to good. town. That's good. Yeah, but everything was gone. All the the toilet paper. All I remember. The, every, I was rolling with everything. You. About everything was gone. I had. I went and bought boxes of Kleenex, every, whatever you could think of, because everybody's hoarding. <laughs> I went to the market to buy meats and shit. All the meats were gone. There was like the the rotten ones where the plastic blows up. And it looks yeah, like it's yeah. about to pop. Right. And I look to the left and I'm like, damn, nobody touched the vegan case at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was <bro>. full. <laughs> right. So I just put all that shit in my cart. Yep. Brought it all home. Put everything in the freezer, and said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna be vegan. I'm gonna go in the sauna every day. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in the pool. I'm gonna do you know push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups at the house." Yeah. I got my money, my bullets, you know, my food, and, uh, you know, let's see let's see what happens here. Because sooner or later, people are going to get hungry that don't have it and desperate. And they're going to go to the neighborhoods where people do have it. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and they're going to be like, you know, I need to feed my family, so I'm going to take yours so that I can eat. But mm-hmm. that was where, you know, I had enough things to stop people at the gate mm-hmm. you know in my house so like they would have had to come crawling over a couple of people to get to m- me to get to my shit is that why you dug the moat around your house yeah mm-hmm. that's why i put the the pit bulls over there and i wasn't <laughs> feeding them for a couple of weeks so mm-hmm. they were hungry so anybody jumped over the gate they're gonna get it hey you know, multiple ways hey so um so we got another guest that's back here whoop Right. Introduce yourself real quick. Olivia. (laughs) Yeah. And how do you know Esteban? He's my dad. Yeah. We got Olivia here. How did you feel? That's Gabriel's mom. That's Gabriel's mom. mom. Yep. Gabriel. Yeah. He's already a a temporary host. Yes, he is. We can't get him off the mic. Yep. He loves it. All right. Right now, in front of all the people. Gabriel, what do you what do you want to say to your mom? Uh, that I love her. Guess kids good, good, good bro. She takes away, you know, my iPads, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it is. You'd be messing up there. She wouldn't yeah. take away. So, Olivia, did you were you there? Did you see your dad uh, battening down the hatchets, putting in the the moat, getting ready for you know World War Three and all that other stuff? I. I mean, it's nothing different than he already does. 
he um i remember like when he used to bring people to our house he would like go down all these side streets go like all down all these tur- twists and turns so they wouldn't remember like where we lived <laughs> so he's already Smart. on that kind of tip so. yeah. yeah it's kind of like batman huh yeah yeah like yeah, you yeah. can't figure out where this place is at it's good i didn't tell you but esteban uh he blindfolded me and and, and hit me with chloroform spray before our, uh he took me to his house i don't even know where i'm at <laughs> You just know you're in the back. <laughs> and you're going to be get put back to sleep before we take you to your yeah, car. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, with that being said, so, Stevan, because I know where we're going, so what starts to, how did the jobs start popping up? They yeah. didn't. Because you were, <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't pop up. Yeah, I've only worked one time. I did a collaboration with Born and Raised, and that was a couple weeks ago. And that was the first job that I've done since March. Right. But the things that saved my ass Mm -hmm. were the movie started getting people to Google my name. Right. And they Googled my name. Instead of going to like my, like, for me, I thought everybody would be like, okay, he's on Netflix. His name's Esteban Oriel. He's talking about Instagram this, Instagram that. I thought, boom, they're going to go to my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I got the shop link in the bio. Mm-hmm. It's on and cracking if somebody wants to buy a T-shirt or something like that. Gotcha. They didn't do that. They went the long way around. They, like Olivia said, went all down all these other streets and everything to get to me. And they went to, they Googled my name. They clicked on my website. They went to the shop on the website and then they ordered. So that first week gave me enough money well the fucked up part about it is i didn't know the movie was gonna fly so i didn't go and restock up on all my merch and be like okay the movie's gonna drop Aries good he's gonna be in the pad i need to stock up on t-shirts i need to stock up on books i need to have everything ready so if this shit takes off i'm gonna be ready and my merch is gonna be ready and everybody at the warehouse is gonna be ready to ship 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 right but when this happened since shipping t-shirts isn't essential mm-hmm. the warehouse closed down mm-hmm. i couldn't order t-shirts nowhere the the place that sold blanks and sold uh blank hats the place that did the embroidery and the place for printing all closed down yep and my publisher closed down in italy mm. so the good thing was I had a little bit of inventory and I was able to sell enough to keep me going for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And I called the the mortgage company, got my uh, payments deferred three months. I called the Toyota, got my car payments deferred three months. So I was like, okay, I don't have no bills for the next three months. Mm-hmm. I don't have no work either, mm-hmm. but I'm able to have enough money to live off of the merch that was selling from the movie. Right. Then the uh, we had had the, we were already in, in talks with Burner mm-hmm. for the Cookies collab, and we yeah. had these huge plans of opening up a pop-up shop for a month or maybe more. Yep. A pop-up shop slash gallery in between the Cookies weed store and the cookies clothing store there's yes. a, there's an empty space yep so we had this big plan of doing that we we're gonna drop the collab capsule that i was gonna do with cookies we we're in the store 
that was gonna be one thing was gonna, you know hit big oh yeah it was gonna be a, bi- a big deal too yeah the numbers that people were talking about yeah. were like oh wait yep it's gonna be on and cracking <laughs> yep. that didn't happen <laughs> So, the good thing was is that, you know, me and Big Lux just kept pushing and pushing, and we got the collab to drop, but online only Mm -hmm. and limited edition, Mm -hmm. where if it had been at a store and it had sold out of the the first making of it, we could have went and printed and redone it and, you know, kept it going. For the rest of the month, but that that too was another thing that kept me going for a couple months. And then I did another collab with uh, Born and Raised, and then I was thinking like, okay, well, both of those dropped on the same day, mm, crazy, which was which was weird too for me because like you know I was like, you know, one minute nothing was happening, and then. I had two collabs and both those companies wanted to drop on the same day. And then I was like, well, fuck, how am I going to pull this off? You know, is this company going to get mad because I'm dropping this collab with this company? But the collabs were so different. One didn't have any of my photos on any of the clothing. It just had my name attached to it. So that was perfect. And then the Burner Cookies collab had only my photos on it. And that was like a whole different kind of drop. So both of them did good. They both sold out of their limited editions. And that was good to keep me going for those next few months. And then my my guys that do my merch, one of, I have two companies that do my merch, two different warehouses. So one of them closed down and the other one stayed open. And they're like, hey, man, you know, we need to keep this momentum going. We need to keep, you know, the shelves stocked. What can we do? And I was like, well, I can't go buy no new shirts because, you know, these dudes closed down. And, you know, I can't. They, they, they're closed. You know, there ain't shit I mm-hmm. could do. So he goes, well, find somebody that you could collab with. And, you know, we can go. Maybe you can get some shirts out of state shipped to you, and you can have like one of the little homies do the silk screening your labels on there at the pad or whatever, and we can go straight to garment. So we did the two collabs. We did the Cholo Fit Creeper, and we did uh, the Fools Gone Wild, and those kept me going. You know, for the when the when the other ones ran out those two kept me going forward from there you had more collabs and product floating around in the air during covid19 right yeah than anybody i know right yeah it was in the mix this whole time it's been something with estevan collaborating with other artists other you know real artists real brands right um i thought i was over i thought i was like literally gonna have to start selling my cars fucking i thought it was a wrap you know and then this shit started going i was like oh fuck you know like i'm i'm gonna be able to make it you know through this shit the kids that do my merch are like bro you need to do a mask and i was like what the fuck am i gonna put on a mask you know and they're like put the la fingers on a mask i was like fuck it let's do it we sold you know a gang of those yeah did those sell well yeah it's yeah. so real good. Have the LA fingers on it. It's going to sell. Man, you know what? That is going to be a historic, like 10, 15 years from now, LA fingers on the mask when the COVID, when the pandemic hit. 
right? That Those is will good. be worth money. That'll, that'll, that will be worth something. Yeah. So yeah that, original you know, Esteban like Oreo. Everything worked out in the end, is which which is one of the things I always say sure. to myself and to people. is like, no matter what, everything always works out in the end if you put the work in and you think positive. You know, and, you show and, up, you stay open minded, yeah. to new ideas. And, oh, I was through. Like, right. like those first few weeks in April, I was like, or March to April 9th, I was losing it. Right. April 10th hit, and the movie hit, and we started getting like, you know, fucking twenty, thirty thousand. Uh, new followers a day on Instagram. I went from 163 to like 380,000, you know, in those few weeks. I got like three over like 400 emails, a couple hundred texts, maybe a thousand DMs. It was like overwhelming. You know, I had to put the phone down for a couple of days mm-hmm. because everybody was hitting me up, you know, and I and I and I didn't want to not say thank you to everybody and right. not hit everybody back cuz that's, you know, just how I am. Mm-hmm. And plus people are so fast on you. They're like, "Oh, the motherfucker's Hollywood. He didn't even text me back." <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Cuz they think they're the only one that texted you. Yeah, like people are texting you and they're like, "I, you know what? I just saw Estevan's. I'm gonna text him. Man, you seen that motherfucker at the market, right? Yeah. I'm gonna text him, and they don't realize that you've been deluged with like a, a thousands of Bombarded, other people. Bombarded, yeah, right. They like, don't realize that Estevan traveled the world for fucking twenty years, and that he knows people everywhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? They right. don't understand that. It felt like the cops, like LAPD, was on one one street. The L.A. sheriffs were on another. The CHP was on another. Mm. And the National Guard was at another. Mm. And I was standing in the middle of the intersection. Mm-hmm. And they were all blasting me with these <laughs> rubber bullets, paint yeah. bullets, tasers, yeah. uh, tear gas, flash bombs, everything all at once. I think it's really important. What, but see, you know what? It's cool is... is it's important what you say, which is you got to think positive and you got to just keep moving. You just can't stop and get stuck. But you're also acknowledging like, man, there's maybe a couple of weeks there where I was losing it. Like it was- I think it's also testimony to a couple. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply things it's like if you're gonna speak that shit that's what you're gonna say to everybody there's gonna come a time oh. where you, you're gonna get tested right oh. Esteban? yeah if that's what you're gonna say at some point in time you're gonna have to walk the walk right i think that's one hundred percent and the other thing is when Esteban's like okay some people want to get fucked up they want to go do drugs they want to go do something stupid they, they essentially want to find a way to back out of what they're up against right right yeah and Avoid it usually these. quickly turns south right right now the director's sitting in county jail like you can imagine something like a whole that, set right? of new problems and i think that it says a lot for like showing up right showing up right and and i think that when you're in a place where you're in that type of a situation I think Esteban's pretty open-minded in general to things creatively. Yeah, yeah. But I think in that type of a situation, you might be a little bit more open. So, okay, let's see how this works. Let right. me hear you out. Right. But what I do know is that a lot of people, this thing's taken down a lot of businesses and a lot of work and a lot of things. Right. And then there's like a couple sprouts here and there of people that are fucking working through this, right? Right. Flourishing through right. it. And Esteban was... If you look back at it now, Esteban, one of the lucky guys through the whole thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Completely right. true. And the, and the fact that people were stuck at home to watch that. Right. Because that, that ended up being a very true statement. People you, were stuck at home, burnt out on Netflix shit with nothing to watch. Right. And that came out. You know what's interesting about that is, is I think that that goes back to um, the film. Because when you watch LA Originals, it's just so great that Esteban says this because there's a part in there where Esteban's frustrated because he's like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm on Instagram and I'm trying to get <laughs> some fucking likes or whatever it is. And he's like, I, I don't, I put a picture of my dog and then a lot of people are like that, blah, blah, blah. And so now we have the answer, right, to Esteban's question, which mm -hmm. is like, how do I do the social media thing? You do it because you go on Netflix and your film goes to number five, and the next thing you know, you got a thousand DMs and a three hundred eighty thousand followers on Instagram. Is that yeah. does that sound about accurate, Esteban? Yeah, it's like one of those things where they say, "Be careful what you ask for," you know. Because then I was like stuck. <laughs> I answered every single person, mm -hmm. which is fucking crazy, mm -hmm. you know. Like, <laughs> but They're like, what is this guy even answering me for? Did you, do, did you mm -hmm. like break it up into like I'll answer ten a day? Yeah, like thirty a day. Oh. And I was hitting everybody up, and I was telling them, "Thank you for watching." Or I do the fist, or I do like the the two fists together, the you know yeah. rock and roll thing. I would just throw the hand signals up there. And be like, you should have got Gabriel you, you, and Olivia you. to help you answer those things. Well, the good thing was Olivia was able to still work. And oh yeah. So, and Gabriel. He got lucky. He was able to come to grandpa's and go in the pool every day. <laughs> yeah. He stayed busy. Yeah, so he didn't have to go to school. He didn't have to go to work. He didn't have to That's worry true. about how the bills were going to get paid. He got to eat Pop-Tarts and go in and out of the pool, huh? Yeah. So he had a pretty good COVID, I'd, I'd say. <laughs> he didn't have to do shit. 
<laughs> do you agree yeah, with that? Swimming every Gabriel? day. Yeah. Good COVID, huh? And he really was do. he was probably screaming the loudest in the neighborhood <laughs> while he was in the pool. So he was loving it. Yeah, it was, it was him, like the best thing ever. His brother, they're in there punching each other. Um, they're watching their little ne- their little cousin, baby Ern. So they had a good a good time. And the dog Marley, he loved it because I got Marley off a of death row. I don't know if we talked about him at all. No, but he's my uh, my pit bull that I got off death row. They were gonna kill him two days later. But, How did you meet him? Uh, I met him at the at the pound. Were you looking for a dog? Were you looking for a dog? We've got lots of different hand signals going. <laughs> Esteban's mouthing. It looks like Samoan. Yeah, Esteban's mouthing he's, Samoan language. Yeah. He's mouthing Samoan. It's like, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's, he's mouthing Samoan. He's doing one of those Maori war dances. Yeah, he, it, looks, yeah. it looks like he's doing the New Zealand uh, soccer dance over yeah. there. Yeah. Mario wanted to get in yeah. on the mix. This is... <laughs> Mouthing Samoan, bro. That's class. Yeah, he stayed away as long as he could. Now he wants to get in here. Mario, get in here. What were you going to say? Yeah, what are you trying to say? Oh, the thumbnail. Can you bring it so I can pick it? Okay, so, Mouthing Samoan. That's good. So, um, where were we? The death Marley. row. Your death so row. You, oh, hey, wait, so you Marley, looking for a dog? Yeah, we had another dog. His name was. What was the little ugly one? Pepper. Pepito. So my family got this what? little Olivia, dog. Olivia, you don't like that? Wait, 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 what? Wow, that just is really harsh. Just because yeah. he was like allowed in the house. I'm and, always been a pit bull kind of guy. Yeah, the dog and was then too little, wasn't it? They went and got this little Fifi dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it and did look like a grandma cute. dog, I'm not going to lie. He was but, cute and all that. Mm-hmm. He was black and white, so we called him Pepper because he mm-hmm. looked like a little old man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Walking around and... and uh, Bap, it was around this time. It was Fourth of July, and the the all the firecrackers had scared him out of the out of the yard. <laughs> oh, Peppa, the middle one. Was it Peppa? Yeah. And oh, pepper. pepper or Peppa? Pepper. Pepper. Okay. Because he was like he had black and white hair. Right. Like, you know, but I'd call that Peppa. Yeah. Like salt and Peppa. Right. Yeah. So, Pepper jammed during the Fourth of July. So the the pound <laughs> no good dog. You know what's crazy? The pound picked him up, uh-huh. and I went and picked him up, and then I brought him back two days later because they they keep popping off par- fireworks here like every day, like maybe mm-hmm. two weeks after Fourth of July. Right. So he ended up getting out three times, and they I ended up paying like seven hundred and seventy dollars to get him God. out. You know, like the three Jesus times. Christ. Like oh. You know, he needs these shots. We gave him oh, these shots. That, you know, they get you every time. <laughs> yeah, every time man. you got it. Oh, oh, he needed a chip really. and this and that. So, you know, we put right. the chip in him. It's, you know, another 200 bucks. Oh, he needed this and 200 A bionic leg. After I, after the third time, they go, you know what? It's been three times that we told you to. You're like, to, put him down. Uh, no. <laughs> that would have been 80 bucks. It been <laughs> fucking, uh, the fucking idiot over there. She's all, you know what? We've been there three times. We've got your dog three times. It's over. You're not getting the dog back. Three mm. strikes. And I was like, you fucking bitch, you know? So the second time I went to get Pepper, they have a whole wing, like like a county jail, just for pit bulls. Mm-hmm. And it was the day before I was going to uh, 
to Jamaica with the Marlies. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking up and down this pit bull hall. And Pepper was gone. I was like, man, we don't have no dog. And, you know, I got to get I got to get something while I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get back empty handed or what? He's yeah, like, so right, I, I walk I'm up and down the, the pit bull, you know, wing. And uh, there's one dog that's just kicking it. The rest of them are going crazy. Like how pit bulls, you think pit bulls act. So this dog's just looking all cool and just kicking it with me. And I was like, damn. So I put my hand up to the to the fence, and he just like sits there, and he like licked my hand. Like I didn't stick my fingers in there; I didn't want him to bite the shit off. <laughs> right. So I just put my hand against the fence. He licked my hand. I was like, "Man, this dog's kind of cool." And then I told him, the guy I was like, "Hey, how's this dog act?" He goes, "Just like that." And I go, "Yeah, can I see him? Can you pull him out?" So he pulled him out, and Pepper or uh, Marley was just cool licking me and everything. And I go, "Man, you know." I told my wife, I was like, what do you think? And she's like, you know you want him, just just tell him, you know, you want to take him home right now. Mm -hmm. So I think he was like 128 bucks. But they're telling me if you don't get him tomorrow or the next day, they're going to euthanize him. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I was like, fuck, he's the coolest one here. You know, I might as well just take him home. Fuck it. I got the yard, you know. So I got him. And uh, at that time, we had 15 chickens right back here. And... uh, we brought Marley home, and I was going to to Jamaica the next day with Rohan Marley to to film and shoot uh, his coffee farms and stuff. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna name him Marley," you know, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's mellow, like if he'd been stoned. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's cool, and he's just chilled out dog. So right. I was like, "I'm gonna go kick with the Marleys." That's it. That's your name, brother, mm-hmm. Marley. So, anyways. Marley's had a good COVID nineteen. <laughs> he ain't done shit. He ain't gonna worry about shit. <laughs> he didn't get put down. He didn't get put down. I just give him treats and uh, you know give him oat baths and shit like that. He's Every like, day is a good day for that dog, huh? Yeah, because and he knows when the gates are open. Mm-hmm. He just looks outside. He's like, I ain't going out there. <laughs> I got a maid. That it was bitch, hot out there. That bitch that took Pepper. She ain't gonna yeah. take me out of this. Yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He left. So. Yeah, I'm staying right here. I get good food. I got the pool. I got you know a family that loves me. Yep. I got you know free reign of the yard. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can shit everywhere, <laughs> and Big Dummy will clean it up after <laughs> me, and it's all good. And so, little Peppa's underneath the ground pushing up daisies. Uh, yeah, Pepper. Who knows? He's probably in a cage somewhere, mm. or two days away. Somebody's two days bed. away. <laughs> two days away from being put down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We we did pretty good during the COVID. No, none of us got sick. My one boy, Mikey Roth, got sick. He's uh, one of the healthiest guys I know. He's in great shape. He's uh, my age. He lives in Santa Monica. He works at the at the promenade, um, driving around those um, little street sweepers, the mini ones. Mm-hmm. They call them like teacups or whatever. But he drives around those, and he's you know constantly sweeping up like the homeless shit and the you know mm-hmm. piss and everything all down there in the promenade and in the alleys and stuff so that's where he thinks he might have got sick is oh. at work he got and, covid yeah man there's just covid just flying in the air off of like homeless pee yeah so he he ended up uh quarantining Inhaling for two weeks covid at right. the house and uh you know, he said he went to the emergency and it was a sign said, if you have these these symptoms, go this way. Everybody else come into the hospital. 
and he said that he they they shot him over to this tent where it was like oh, everybody was in a hazmat suit <laughs> and he said it, it looked like a like one of those movies like the end of the world movies outbreak and yeah he was just shitting himself going in there <laughs> they gave him two weeks of medicine and a inhaler and told him to go home and quarantine for two weeks and was he feeling sick yeah he felt like he was sick he couldn't he had no uh no strength all his body was weak he had headaches he had congestion and uh he ended up clearing the the quarantine thing and they shot him back to work so back out there shoveling shit in santa monica mall yeah but he's got one of those uh he sits in a motorized street sweeper right yeah, but it's outside. Right. But does he... No, right. He's not like in those giant truck sweet sweet. Yeah. Right. He's outside. Yeah, he's in the little ones that you see going down the mall. I'm Now, this might be stupid, but I've always kind of wondered, like, do guys like that job? Like, like they don't have to... Act, they're just driving it. Yeah, no, they, they like the benefits. They like the money that it pays because they're city or county workers. They get paid good. They get good overtime. They get paid vacation paid this days off paid this paid that they get uh 401ks they get medical benefits they get their whole family covered uh, you know covered on their insurance they get all these great like hookups so that's what they like about it it's it's steady it's consistent and you don't have to worry about where you're getting your next job from because Right, I mean, like, how much can you be yelled at? Your the machine only goes as fast as it goes. Yeah, you're, you know, and and you have a certain thing you have to do. Everything you just punch the clock, do your job, punch out, go home, and you can do whatever you want. The re- me, there's no punching and nothing, no clock, no nothing. It's like all day long. I'm thinking about where am I going to get my next job, and how am I going to get it, and who am I going to get it from, and. You know how much am I going to get paid for? So it? you see, so you see, Sean, you you did uh, you were stalking uh, Estevan online, and you and you were like, man, he's involved in everything. Now you know why he's involved in everything. He Estevan is part of your strategy to get yourself out there and participate as much as you can because you just never know when that what what can come of that. That's a good way of of being available for better and bigger jobs. It's not only that; it's you don't know how many of them are going to go through and how full of shit people are you know yeah. like a lot of people i'd say maybe five to ten percent of the work comes through that i'm talking to people about that people come to me for right and i would say uh you know the rest of it is all bullshit and what really works the most is the projects that I come up with in my head and that I execute until they're done. And then I just work on those and push those out. Like like the books and different projects like that that I think of in my head first. And then I, I push to get them done until they're done. And then I figure out how to sell them and where to sell them and all that kind of shit. You get, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And Stavon, let me real quickly, just help me with like, people may have their ideas or they think of how it's going down for Stavon. Yeah, you guys got this, that, and you know. I mean, what are some of the challenges that this is presented? What's the, what's the, what's it, you know? Oh, it's all a challenge. You know, it's all about uh, 
what am I going to do? You know, like, what are you going to do to pay all your bills when there's no, when the whole world is shut down, but the bills are still coming? Right. Like the credit card bills were still coming. Sure. The phone bills, the 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 medical insurance, the car insurance, everything else was just was still coming in except for the mortgage and the car payments. And no work was coming in. So you're kind of like in survival mode. And yeah. you're like, you know, what do I do? At, at one point I was going to go and uh, they were saying that Amazon was hiring. And I was like, fuck it. I ain't too good to work at Amazon. I don't give a fuck if I got a movie. You hear that? A top yep. five movie, yep. whatever. I don't. I'm. I need to go get some money coming in because ain't yep. nothing. Yep. Ain't nothing coming in. Mm-hmm. So, right when I was thinking that, is when I started getting the merch movie. It's you know what I was just talking to somebody about that, and um, I don't know how it works, Jumal. Maybe you've heard this before too. I know that there's been times where I've said to myself listen man i may have to go get a job here or there or right be- and i actually have done things but i remember on a couple occasions when i was willing to do that just the moment that i became willing to do it something else intercepted that action right is that what, is what i'm getting makes yeah sense? but you gotta yeah. be real fucking- you gotta be real willing not yeah, fake willing it's gotta yeah. be the real yeah. willing like you can't be like I'm you right. can't be like looking at, looking at the phone, waiting for the job to come in and be like, you know what? I'd be willing to work at Starbucks and then hope that it comes through. I'll tell you something. Yep. When I graduated yep. from law school, there was a, like, and I, and I taken the bar exam, but, I, but the results hadn't come back yet. It was a long window. It's like six months. It ain't like you find out in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. So you don't have, you might not have a job. You can't be a lawyer yet because you're not licensed. Mm-hmm. But you're priced, you're educated out of all bunch of other jobs. Right. So there's like a window there where you're like scrambling to figure I out. Call the dog. Uh, Marley. Marley's trying, has been breathing in everyone's face. Marley's, Marley Marley's wants dead. to be on the Marley's show. About to, look, he's climbing on the couch. <laughs> Marley was trying to get on the He couch. was trying to get on the show. <laughs> he, instead of going that way, he was climbing up. <laughs> I, 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 applied, I applied at Barnes & Noble for a cashier position. Right. Because I was like, fuck it. I got to make some money. I, I'm not too good for I that. I applied at a Starbucks. Did you? Yeah, bro. And what's the was, craziest place? What's the, what's the craziest place? This was after I burned down everything. And I mean really burnt it down. People didn't want to see or hear from me. My phone didn't ring for like a fucking year and a half, right? So good. My mom didn't want to see my face, okay? Right. It was bad. Okay. I had nothing. <laughs> and I applied at Ralph's. I was applied at Ralph's. Nighttime stocking. Oh. Nighttime. Man. They were going to give me them knee pads, right? <laughs> Stocking in it. And the other one was at this fucking coffee bean. Yeah. Like, Fuck it. I'll, make, I'll be a barista, you know? Yeah. And uh, right when I dropped off the applications at both places, I was like, all right, we're going to see what's happening. The next day, yeah. somebody called me. They're like, hey, bro, we got this brand. And, da, da, da. and I was able to get a check right away and start working. But it was hey, the willingness. Bean never called you either, and neither did the. No, I never got a call back. Yeah, from Barnes and Noble never called me either. That's the crazy thing is like we'll never get those calls back. Like, how the fuck am I gonna go and apply for a job when they go, "Hey, get out of here." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when, when people tell you to get out of there, that's a bad sign no, when you're looking for a the job. Dog. Oh, oh. Oh. No, uh, <laughs> like, 
like if I were to go fill out an application, being that I've worked for myself for oh, 30 years, yeah. what do oh. I put on there? Yeah. You know, like who do I put as a reference? Oh, right, right. Uh, I worked for me for the past 30 years. <laughs> you tell him. Like, I you call to, me. Yeah, call me. I'll tell you all about me. Yeah, I worked for a guy named Steve. I was <laughs> the greatest. Steve Oriel. You know, like. They'll never, uh, it'll never work. I'll never get those I, those jobs that everybody else you know, can well, get. You said something, though, bro. Well, Gio's, I got to a place where I said to myself, like, the same thing. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I got bills after things got to get paid. And the second thought was, like, my kids don't give a fuck where dad works. Right. No. You know what I'm saying? They need the benefits of dad working. They don't give a fuck where it's good. You know what I'm saying? That type of willingness, man. You know what? It got so bad for me, Steve, uh-huh. that to make ends meet, this is true story, mm-hmm. okay? I took a one-time gig out of a paper to be a Santa Claus Oh at, yeah, at a Latin grocery store. What? Listen to Whoa. that. Oh, yeah. Did, did you go do it? All right. Not only, first of all, not only did I do it, but I did not want to do it every second that I was doing it. Right. I went to some, wow. I don't know what I thought. I thought like, first of all, I knew you I have all sorts of crying crids pissing on your lap. I had shit? to go down to a warehouse, like in some, in, in some kind of like Vernon. industrial district. Yeah, Vernon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I had to go down to a warehouse. Get it's like, fitted. Dude, they didn't even fit me. It was one size fits all with a fucking Velcro. <laughs> and they handed me a prepackaged bag. They had a beard in it. It had the suit. It had the whatever. And they gave me the address. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping the guy was like, please just, you know, maybe somewhere out of the way, nothing. No, it was like a food for less or like <laughs> something like that. And they had put, the store had put a giant Santa Claus chair made out of Coca-Cola. Yeah. Thing. And I sat there. I... I didn't look anything close to Santa Claus. I was short. You know what I mean? I had this white beard. And every time the moms would like try to bring me their kids over to like sit on my lap, they were like, look at me. The kids, five-year-old, four-year-old kids look at me and go, that ain't Santa Claus. Straight up. And then the mom would be like, well, okay, then I'll sit on his lap. <laughs> nah, okay, then, then I'll <laughs> sit on his face. <laughs> no, no, I got no play, dude. I got zero. It was absolutely, I was like a pariah. I, and in fact, and I just sat there, and, and Mexican families, Latin families laughed at me for for eight hours. I got Did you get at, to fill up any moms or anything? Like no, that? not no. even close, dude. No. They don't want to mess with a guy who has to, who's <laughs> obviously not making it very well. He's got to be a Santa. Yeah, he's barely making it yeah. through life. Huh. Yeah, at least be like a Santa Claus at the mall at the food for less. Yeah, no, nobody yeah, wanted yeah, to have yeah, any. Yeah. Nobody. Wanted I remember to- a funny story, dude. That my dad, I would make him tell the story all the time. He'd tell me. My dad, at one point in time, was the chief engineer of um, the May companies. Okay. All of them, dude. So he would just drive from May company to May company. Yeah. And make sure that everything mechanically wise, like elevate, like everything, okay? Chief engineer for the all May companies. Right. And he tells me how at May company Wilshire, which used to be at Fairfax and Wilshire, was like their big mainstream. Because they had a fucking uh, Santa Claus in there. And he just happened to be working around that day. And this is like in like... 62 it's like no no this is like 69 okay right i'm like two years old or something yeah and he tells me that he goes yeah this they had him in shifts working the santa claus right he yeah. goes i get in there and yeah, it's about three o'clock there was shift changing he goes man i get a call from security that they're like we think that the santa claus is drunk <laughs> right 
<laughs> and so there's this huge line of people with their kids, right, right? Right. But there's like a whole circle, and like people are screaming, and, pe- and kids are crying, and the Santa Claus has got this kid on his lap, and he's like screaming at the kid. <laughs> And then handing kids back to the parent going, take this fucking brat. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all drunk, dude. And he's cussing out parents and kids and telling them the kid he ain't going to get shit because he doesn't know how to behave. <laughs> and my dad told me, man, they had to get in there with a couple guys and they had to remove the guy and they had to take him outside. He was completely drunk. <laughs> well, but dude, I got to tell you, man, there's nothing lower. There really isn't a lower feeling. Than having being rejected by multiple families <laughs> at a food for less as a Santa Claus, as a Santa Claus, and then taking that garb off and putting it back in the trash bag that it was handed it to you, and walking yeah. back to your car at dusk. Yeah, you're just like man, and getting fucking fifty dollars. And you know what? I uh, I got a good chunk of change. Good. I got a good, good chunk of change, and I use it for Christmas money and all such stuff. But I'm just saying that was Sean. What's the worst job you like? Most embarrassing job you ever had? Uh, I used to do telemarketing for um, life insurance, and uh, they'd make me call people, and then I'd call them and go, uh, is Mr. Jeff Smith there? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, Jeff Smith died two years ago. <laughs> and that, was, that was fucked up. It's funny because, I, you know, grow, one thing for sure, man, growing up from Esteban, and I think I got some of it from him, too, was like, no matter what, Esteban was going to work. If there was work, this guy would always be like, they'd say to Esteban, hey, you want to work? And he'd be like, yep. I don't say no to work. Right. Say no. That was like his famous line. Before so, I even knew what the job, the job was. was. He'd be like, yep, I'll do it. I'll do it. They're like, Whatever. hey, Esteban, are you available? Yeah. <laughs> well, All yeah, the time, I bro. I didn't even say what it was for. I don't care. What yeah. do you want to do? Work. You, you available to work? Yep. It's my favorite thing. What do you want to do? Like you don't even know what we're gonna ask you to do. I go, I don't care. What yeah. is it? Yep. And I would show up every day, like you know, and they're like, "And can you get a couple guys?" I'm like, "Yep." Yep. How many you need? And I always brought, you know, Big Luck with me, JP, Tony, like whatever homies I had around me. We were all gonna eat, no matter what. Yeah, and it could be something different and, all the time. And it, yeah, and it always was. And then we got into this thing where we were doing the construction during the day and we were working the clubs at night and that became like the more regular you know we'd do things where we'd you know go collect money from somebody or (laughs) we would uh (laughs) go do security for you know people that needed people around or we'd go uh you know do we we do moving for people yeah that needed you know needed their apartment moved or whatever we'd go rent the truck at budget rent a car, whatever, and go move the people for the day, or somebody need a painting done, and they're, you know, oh, I have these cupboards done. I remember this one poor lady asked me to paint her cupboards, and it was one of those things where I said, yeah, no problem. You know, I'll be there today. You know, and I had another job, so I go, is it cool if I do it? You know, in between my other job, and they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. What time can you come? Around three or four in the afternoon, I could work till eight, and it was these fucking cupboards that had those little like venetian like mm. oh, like the, the wood ones like yeah like little slats and that shit was torture man that <laughs> shit took me like months <laughs> to do i hated every second oh, of it gosh. and um oh, yeah there was just some of the work i couldn't stand and and but you know 
I wasn't trying to say no to nothing because I needed to, you know, keep stacking, stacking the chippies. It's interesting, Esteban, that you talk about how you went and that the the meat was missing. Like all the meat was gone, but there was only vegan. And I say that because, like, I've watched you. I know you better than most of the people that are probably listening. But I've watched you in the last couple months kind of like almost have like a rebirth. Like you've changed up so much um, about your your health, your physical, your mind, your career, your so many different things. Like what? What was it that sparked off like this complete like different mind physical mental mindset that you kind of like you've changed every so much about yourself in the last since really the beginning of the year it seemed like big changes bro and these are changes that you don't usually see and I know because I'm a guy that's in his 50s you don't usually see people like grabbing themselves up by the bootstraps at 50 and making serious changes and following through on them. And what, where, where does that come from or what sparked that off? Or can you tell us a little bit? Maybe there's other guys our age that are listening that yeah. don't know how to get out of the, maybe the rut they're in, the unhealthy obsessions or, you know, routine that they're in. What kind of, what had to happen or what, what was brought to you that really? Well, <clears throat> for it's, it's pretty easy. It's, it's easy, but it's complicated. Mm-hmm. The easy part is, is um, the complicated part is I had a hypothyroid. I had a hyperthyroid condition when I was younger, and they took it out because they thought it was cancerous multiple times, and they were giving me, like, um, they gave me this radioactive treatment that took out my thyroid gland, and after that, I immediately gained, like, 80 pounds because mm-hmm. I was at or wait, 50 pounds, because I was at uh, 180 for the, the longest time, 175, right, right, 180, right. lean and mean. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they took my thyroid gland out, I gained like 50 pounds right off the bat. And at that time, I was hanging out with the you know the homies in the low riding scene a lot, and we were working on the cars till late at night, and it was always like, oh, let's go eat, let's go, you know. Let's go get a burrito, you know, a king taco, or let's mm-hmm. go to the hat or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was raised to eat everything that I ordered because yeah. we didn't have money and we didn't mm-hmm. have a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you order that, make sure you eat every fucking bit of it. Mm-hmm. So we would order the double burger with the pastrami on it, with the, you know, big loaf of bread buns, you know, on, mm-hmm. on it at the hat. You get the the fries with the chili on it. And, you know, because I ordered it all. I'd have to eat it all. Mm-hmm. We'd go to the Mexican Scott. I'd, I'd get a carne salad burrito, and I'd want a carnitas taco and a chicken taco, and I was just mm-hmm. woofing it all down. And Everybody's like, damn, you're living good, homie. You're eating good. <laughs> but really, I was poisoning myself. You're killing yourself. Right. Yeah, I was killing myself. Yep. And I ended up getting more health conditions. I got uh, gout. I got uh, pernicious anemia. I got um those sound like kind of like neuropathy old timey kind of things like gout like gout's like stuff that like King Henry the eighth got they, they used to be everything is getting younger now, cancer, everything, so man, um once I got all those different sicknesses, different shit started happening to me. I started losing the feeling in my legs and my feet my my feet were always burning, my legs were always numb and tingling in my hands. 
and I was like, fuck, this isn't cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, for a few, a couple of years, I was, I was seeing those people that were like amputees. And there was that guy that killed his wife. He had those like yeah, fake, fake legs. feet, but he was running an Olympic marathon. So I was like, man, you know, this pain ain't cool, you know? Fuck it. I should just let him cut these fuckers off and give me those fake feet you know and start off fresh you know i could you know probably run a marathon like that guy does you know Mm -hmm. man that's a crazy place to be in when you're like thinking about cutting off your legs well it's it's being in pain you know like pain or pain will take you there yeah where you don't want to deal with it no more and it's like just cut the fuckers off so i i got this hole in my foot from the neuropathy like your your feet get these little dry patches and then they crack and turns into a cut and it turns into an infection and a hole, and then it's just a nightmare. So that had happened again for like the fifth or sixth time, and I got an infection, and the, and I went to the doctor, and they're like, "Hey, you need to go to the emergency. You know, just tell them that you're you're you have an infection, and just you know, get that shit looked at and worked on now." So I went over there. My doctor works in the in the uh, emergency room, so he was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep you here for a couple of days. And I'm going to bring in a specialist and let's let's see what, you know, let's see what we could do here because this is, you know, you've been going through this for, for a minute now. They brought that dude in right away. He started talking about cutting my foot off. Really? Yeah. And then I was like, you know, he's like, you know, showing me like, you know, we could do it here, but if we don't do it here, which is like, you know, halfway between the ball of your foot and your ankle, mm-hmm. the ankle ball. So it's like right in the middle of your foot. He's like, we we could start it off here, but maybe it'd be better just to go here at the ankle. And then you could just slip on like a foot and you won't have like the half foot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, kind of like, I was kind of like pumped up. I was like, kind of like, yeah, you know, fuck it. You know, mm-hmm. let's, I've been talking about it. Let's do this shit. You know, I'm right. ready to. I'm ready to not be in pain no more and have to deal with these stupid holes and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's fucked up, you know? So I was like, yeah, let's do this. And and he's like, you know, make sure that that's really what you want, you know? And so I was like, okay. So they had me in the hospital for a week. And he's like, you know, what do you think? You know, we're about to let you go from the hospital. What do you think? And I was like, you know, what 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 could I do to change it? You know, mm-hmm. he goes, you just have to change the way you eat. And I go, okay, like what? And he was like, you can't already, you already can't eat meat, red meat, because of the gout. So he was like, you just can't eat red meat, drink alcohol because of the gout. Mm-hmm. And then for the neuropathy, just cut out uh, carb, sugar, and dairy. And that <laughs> should be, you know, that should send you on your way. And I was thinking, of like, you know, everybody thinks, like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to die anyways. Woo, woo, woo. You mm-hmm, know, I'll just mm-hmm, stay mm-hmm. doing what I do. <clears throat> and uh, I went with my boy, Baby Ray. He has the same thing. He has neuropathy and all that shit. He's like, hey, bro, can you give me a ride to the doctor? They want to look at my foot. And, you know, he was ready to cut his foot off, too. He was like, you know, I'm tired of this shit. I can't take the pain no more. Um you know, can you give me a ride to the doctor? Nobody wants to take me. And I was like, damn, you know, nobody wants to take you. Like, where the fuck is it? He goes, it's in Palm Springs. And I was like, you know what? Let's roll. 
you know, when, when do you want to go? He's like, the sooner the better. So he's like, can you call this doctor for me and see what, you know, we could do? So I call the doctor and the doctor says, like, if you can come tomorrow, if you can bring him tomorrow, I could see him. And, uh, you know, just bring him through the emergency room. So I, I took Ray to Palm Springs, went to the emergency room. The doctor told him, hey, can we bring you in the back? And, uh, you know, have some specialists look at your foot. It doesn't look so good. He's all, yeah. So the foot specialist comes in. They go, he goes, I could, I could help you here, but we got to take off the foot. And he goes, okay. Um, like when, when were you thinking? He goes, I could probably do it at eight in the morning tomorrow. Fuck. And at that moment, you could just see, like, Ray just like, fuck, you know, this shit is the realest that it gets. Mm -hmm. And they had no problem just being like, yeah, we can cut your foot off tomorrow. And I was like, man, the dude just lost his wife. He, you know, he was at, he was at a low in his life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, you know, where's the family? Where's all his, you know, so-called homies and this, that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the only one here. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to let the homie get his foot chopped off. You know, bring him here, drop him off, and be like, all right, Ray, stay, take it easy. Call me if you need a ride home. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, homie? I'm going to stay here with you tonight. So, you know, when you, and I'm going to, you know, wait till you get out of the surgery because, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want you to wake up, homie, and you're with one foot and right. you're, alone. you're already depressed, you're alone, <clears throat> and it's already, you know, not cool. So I stayed the night there. They got me a room, and uh, the next morning, 8 o'clock, you know, they cut his foot off, and uh, that's when I started thinking about it. Like, man, these motherfuckers will cut your shit off with no problem, and they mm -hmm. don't even, I mean, they care. They know it's good for your health, but they don't care about after, you know. It's like you it's that has to. Foot. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. you that has to live with the no foot, mm -hmm. you know. They're cool with it. They get the little wire and saw your foot off and it's over mm -hmm. for them on to the next patient but you're the one that has to go through all the the rehabilitation and you know right. adjusting with a new life so that's when i started thinking well which life do i want to adjust to first uh -huh. Uh -huh. the one with the food limitations or the one with no foot at all right and i was thinking Maybe I'll give the foot thing a little, you know, another, uh, maybe I'll postpone the foot thing a little bit and I'll try this eating right shit, mm -hmm. which was hard for me because, you know, we always talk shit, ah, vegan motherfucker, you know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, tree I, I hugger, heard it. I've heard it, you know, I've heard it. you're going to start doing <laughs> yoga now and, you know, Freddie Mercury and yeah, all that, you're going to start hearing all this crazy shit, like, yeah. you know, so I was like, fuck it, you know. It's it's just going to be like, you know, anything else. And um, I just started eating right. I cut off all that shit and lost like 50 pounds. And Yeah, you look great. The COVID came and, you know, everybody's going for the, all the, the shit that I couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. The meat, the, right, the right. carbs, the dairy, and the sugars. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck it. There's a vegan... The vegan case ain't nobody touching that shit. Yep. And, and I just scooped it all up, brought it home, and I locked it down, you know, and uh, just learned how to cook that vegan food like I cooked everything else, and, mm -hmm. and it's fine. I have no problem with it. 
Right? I don't I don't care if I ever have to not eat, you know, carb sugar meat again in my life. It's you know, I'm over it. And that, you know, that change of diet, that conscious exercise, that, you know, being in the sauna, the tub, and doing this stuff consistently, staying busy. I mean, I just, I've watched it, I've uh, watched it all in your life. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen you in such a good place as I have lately. Yeah, I've been um, mad that I didn't do it before, you know? Right, right, right. Like, I look at the movie, I look at old pictures of me, and I was like, a fat fat pig you know i'm like what was i thinking man like what was wrong with me to make me think that that was that i accepted that that i accepted looking like that that i accepted living like that like Mm -hmm. you know it's that's obviously like it goes to the that i don't give a fuck mentality type Mm -hmm. shit and and it shows in every way you know if you're walking around like a fat pig you obviously have some type of issue right right you know and like an like a like a drug user and an alcoholic to some extent can kind of hide that a little bit you know what i mean like you kind of don't see it but somebody who's overweight or obese or morbidly obese you can see their issue right there at the surface of their body for sure yeah it's uh hiding it there's no hiding it and it's all negativity like i tell the the homies that hit the sauna with me, they're like, they're like, look at me, man. They're like, grab their stomach and, you know, like all the excess fat, just the lard, the manteca just sitting mm-hmm. on their, you know, bodies and shit. And they're like, look at this, man. I just want to, you know, lose all this shit. And they go, yeah, that's a lot of negativity right there. Yeah. All yeah, that fat yeah. is just straight negativity. Yeah. Like yeah, whether yeah. it's uh, some type of issue that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some type of way you're feeling, but yeah. none of it is positive. Right. No. You don't do that to yourself thinking in a positive or loving right. way. No. Like you're mad at something or somebody or you gave up on something or somebody. Right. And that's what you ended up with. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, but see, dude, like the th- crazy thing is like, if we were having this talk and we were like 32, you know, that'd be one thing. You know, but the fact to change things up and find the willpower to, and the, the strength to, to change it up in your 50s is, you know. Uh, it's well, at 30 like, or 32, I would have told you, I don't give a fuck, homie. I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat. Well, and like, and, and, that too. And I would just eat the pizza in front of you and just go, this shit is bomb, homie. No, I'm sorry yeah, you yeah. can't have this. Cause this motherfucker tastes good. That is that is but actually you, literally happened to me. Yeah, that but the thing is, is that the, most people by, I would say, forty five into fifty, are gonna roll with where they're at. They're just gonna roll no, you're, on you're, and you know sell what? down. You're right. And then there's some people that I know that I'm related to that are a little bit older, and they're like, "Well, I'm gonna enjoy the re- the, the 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 few remaining years I've got. I'm gonna just enjoy it, and I'm gonna eat whatever the hell I want." Mm. And that's kind of how they <clears throat> they ride it all the way. And that, my dad died at 58 from mm. obesity. <clears throat> there you go. My grandpa died at 50 something from a heart attack. You know, so like. I'm, I think he died at 56. Mm. So I'm hoping to just skate. You know, because they say you it just, everything skips a generation. generation right. mm-hmm. So my mom died on her on her own at uh, 
in her 70s so it comes to me you know like it skipped through my mom's generation now it's at mine and all i need to do is in my head is if i'm i'm getting healthy now because my grandpa at that time he smoked drank ate whatever he wanted Mm -hmm. you know but you look at him he looks in good shape Mm -hmm. but died of a heart attack at like 56 years old i'm 53 it's you know Time is now to to flip it, you know. My pops is seventy; he's gonna be seventy eight. He still hits the bag like three times a week. Goes to the Y. He walks at least five miles a day, and he's in great shape and eats healthy. So he's my role model. He's the one who inspires me, and he always just just by being that example for the past ten fifteen years. I always just been like, man, I should just be like pops and just eat right and healthy and right, do right, what he's right. doing but i always had my homies going man hey what are you gonna get oh i'm gonna get this right i'm right. gonna get that appetizer i'm gonna get that entree right, right, i'm gonna right, get right. that with the salad i'm gonna get that dessert what about you and they you know they say you are who you surround yourself with yeah and you're a bunch of with a bunch of fat homies that just want to eat one of everything on the menu you might stay what a fat homie do. eating one of everything on the menu right Man, bro, um, this is good, man. We get to get inside. Esteban, I know that uh, I know we're gonna be wrapping it up here soon. Here, I want to uh, just as we as we kind of come to a close. If you could weigh in, I know that you have a few projects kind of in the works. Is there anything you can tell us about that's coming up for you that we can keep our eyes open for that we can check in on you with or uh, well, I don't know. I don't like to give up, you know, yeah, game because yeah. everybody copies shit. Mm-hmm. But this is this is a shit that everybody already knows about. Mm-hmm. So I can give a little bit of game up. Mm-hmm. I'm working on um, a couple of photography books. You know, you guys have heard me say I want to do 25 books in the, my lifetime. I've done yes. three, so I got 22 more to knock out in these yes. next, you know, 10, 15 years. So this year. I want to try and knock out like four. Mm-hmm. At least just have them done and printed and, and on a pallet ready to sell just so that those are knocked out and I can think about the next one. Mm-hmm. But they're, uh, one is low riding, 25 years of my low riding photos around the world. Oh, yeah. The second one is me on tour with Cypress Hill mm-hmm. from 1992 to 2005 DJing and tour managing with everywhere we went all the groups we toured with great all the different people I met hell yeah the third one is uh, a request by my publisher they want to see LA Woman 2 mm-hmm. LA Woman book volume 2 because oh. that one sold out mm-hmm. yeah and that one sold out and you know it was it was kind of like a hit and it's a classic already there you go and the the fourth one is uh is the Ruka book you know me going out to Hawaii for yes. ten years with Ruka, okay, and then uh, damn, I got some long form documentaries that I'm working on, some short form documentaries. the The ones I'm working on now is a Cypress Hill documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, the Girls and Gangs, with you guys. Right. Yes. Uh, the, the The project after the Cypress Hill. 
which kind of goes along with the L.A. originals, is, you know, you could have started with Soul Assassins mm-hmm. and branched out and did, like, you know, documentaries off of that. But they didn't want to do it that way, so we ended up doing L.A. originals first, was a, which was me and Cartoon, which in the family we we're like on the lower on the totem pole right you know then cypress hills above us but then the grand you know picture is soul assassin so right i'm thinking we do you know we did all the originals that was a hit we do cypress hill that'll be a hit mm-hmm. and then we go one step further bigger and better and that's uh, the whole soul assassin crew you yep. know you yep. everybody in yep. the, that's been down with the crew and the family for 30 years yep and then, uh, you know, do some smaller docs, you know, like uh, Baldacci, Lepke, Pepper, my dad, Rascal, just like little short, like a short doc series. Right. Like one step up from like those three minute, you know, docs. Yeah, right, that you right. See. Gotcha. Like just some small things that, that you could hit in the festivals, like a short doc sure. series and shit that I have footage on mm-hmm. already that just needs to be edited. And then we got some uh, scripted TV projects that we got in the, in the in the mix that are already uh, the paperwork's going through. You know, so it's just those are the ones that I can talk about because those are the ones that are happening already, and there's no way for anybody to undermine them. And right, right, right. They can't, right, right. you know, fuck those up or copy them because it's they're already so far in. in ahead in in the project that you know i see other photographers out there that i know that are in like competition with me Mm -hmm. out there shooting some of the same (coughs) subjects i'm doing like Mm -hmm. the low riding type of shit or Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter you can't get those you you weren't a low rider in the 90s you don't have a low rider and you still don't Mm -hmm. so you won't have all that shit just that alone right the other thing is you haven't traveled to all the countries that i've traveled to and been to the low rider communities in those countries you haven't hit a switch driving the car in japan yourself yeah right 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 or brazil or australia or australia germany everywhere you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you're not gonna have that, and yeah. it's okay. They don't know your name over there. If if all you can do is shoot lowriders in L.A., you can go for it, homie. You know that's that'll be your thing. But I got it on the worldwide, on the level. global level. And as far as being a lowrider before I was a photographer, you know I got all that. Cypress Hill, anybody can come in and do a book on them. But you weren't the tour manager in the 90s when it was the hottest fucking thing in the game mm-hmm. going on those tours that we had living the life because you were in the life and mm-hmm. you don't have that so there's just shit that nobody else could get even if they wanted to right they started now they couldn't get it because they weren't there at those times and i feel confident about it not cocky just confident, confident. yeah Shout out to Maria Soto. Yeah. Girls and Gangs and That's uh, right. and the whole crew for H2K Media and uh-huh. Hard to Kill. Yeah. Which oh, are projects that Stevan is going to be That's heavily sure. involved in as well. Right. Um, Wilson, we, we, I think Chumahan and I speak for all of us, you know. We How look about Sean? For, 
That's what I'm saying. That's why I looked at Sean. Okay. Speak for all of <laughs> That's us. That's why I looked at him. Um, that we look forward, we're always looking for new avenues to uh, promote. I'm certainly always looking at creative ways to collaborate with you. Um, but we just, man, this is why we, we dedicated this weekend just to coming over here, diving in deep with Esteban Oreo, right. um, your projects, and any way we can always support and use this as a platform for your projects. Man, we love you, bro. We support you, all your ventures, and uh, thanks for making the time to us and opening yeah. up the compound for Much us, respect. Esteban, showing us and uh, and putting us up on game today, man. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I just hope you guys don't bullshit and lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that sounded ominous. You know, he was holding the, the come the, back. He was like holding the because you guys told me, "Hey, we're gonna do this once a month. Once a month, we're gonna do it. The sauna podcast once a month. Yeah, so I'm gonna I do already it. put that I'm shit down. in my head and in my heart. In my uh, soul. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in hey. his front pocket. Am I being one? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. Gabriel, Gabriel. make it. In Gabriel, one, make it. One session. Have you ever done the ice? You see, so his mama looked at you might and said, not come. No, he, hasn't. he might not make it through the whole thing of one, but I don't know. This kid, like, he says no, but I know if he said yes, I could do it, he could do it because yeah. he, he got balls like that. He's not scared of doing a lot of shit. I don't know why he hasn't done it yet because we put a um, young Ernie in there. He goes in all the time, he does a whole session in the sauna. I don't know if Ern put him in the ice, but we put him in the pool. And uh, we put him in the ice. But I know I'll put him in the ice right now. I know Gabe could could knock it out if he just said I could do this. No Gabe problem. can do anything if he said yes. Yeah. Seems like. Gabe, thanks for coming down to the yeah, show. Thank you, yeah, Gabe. thank you, Gabe. It was nice Gabe. meeting Olivia. Yep. Gabe. Yes. Mm-hmm. We got to eat. Listen, we got go to, to Veggie Grill. We went to Veggie yeah. Grill. Speaking That's of kids, a- I got to get home because my baby's this is her first July 4th, and my wife made me swear I would hold the sparkler for her. So, like we do about this time, <laughs> from the compound, Esteban Oreo, yeah. Los Angeles, time to say adios, amigos. We're out of here. From Rancho Oreo. <laughs> <laughs>